0: Hello, everyone. This is JB Hickson with NBW Ministries proclaiming the clear, accurate, and urgent gospel message. And today I'm coming to you from Orlando, Florida, uh, normally here in my studio in Colorado, but we're on the road. As you know, you've been praying for us. We've been mentioning it. Uh, we were Last week we were in Atlanta, Georgia, for a conference there at uh, North Star Family Church, and uh, the conference in Orlando kicks off tonight. But I'm so delighted to have uh, a friend and colleague, Philip Goodman, uh, with me. Today is Thursday, February 29th, 2024, and Philip is with... Uh, Prophecy as Written, and he's the director of the longstanding Mid-America Prophecy Conference that takes place in Tulsa every year. I'll bring Philip on here in just a moment because that conference is coming up in May. Uh, But before we bring Philip on to talk about all things prophetic and learn a little bit more about his journey and the upcoming conference. Let me make a couple of quick announcements. As I said, we're in Orlando. If you happen to be at the conference, stop by and see uh, Wendy and my family at the uh, booth there. A lot of great speakers here in Orlando. And then uh, keep us in your prayers as we uh, travel from here to uh, Liberty Baptist, where we'll be speaking seven times next weekend, including a Q&A. Really looking forward to that. It's our second time with those folks. And then we'll go up to Sanford Bible Church in North uh, North north of Orlando, on Sunday night, March uh, the 10th. Uh, The verse for the day is from Matthew chapter 4. You remember the temptation of Jesus, and uh, Jesus responds to Satan as he's tempting him in the wilderness. In verse 4, he says, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And that verse sort of serves as a theme uh, verse for Philip Goodman's uh, ministry here. He's been running the conference in Mid-America under that name for the last 15 years, Uh, but the conference itself, under its various names, has been going strong uh, uninterrupted since 1995. And about seven or eight years ago, Philip and I met I think we met at the pre-trib conference in Dallas, and I had spoken that year, and uh, he graciously came up and said, hey, we'd love to have you at the Mid-America Conference. And uh, so that was the beginning of our friendship and our relationship. And one of the things I love, uh, Philip, as I get ready to introduce you here, one of the things I love about your ministry is the commitment to both being thoroughly biblical, number one, but even more to being
1: grace-centered and grace-based. So, Philip, thanks so much for joining us uh, today. Thank you so much. It's a real pleasure to be here and a blessing for me, J.B. Thank you. The pleasure is all ours. So, uh, tell us a little bit about your background,
0: how you came to have a passion uh, for Bible prophecy. I know you've written uh, quite a bit. In fact, what's funny is uh, two or three years ago, maybe longer than that now, but after we had first kind of connected, I happened to pull a book off my shelf. It was a, an older book, a compendium of articles on various prophetic themes. And lo and behold, you'd written a, an article in there. And I thought, wow, but you've got lots of books you've either written or contributed to. But tell us how you first got interested in Bible prophecy.
1: Um, Dr. Hickson, it was uh, back in the 1970s. And like so many people... Uh, who you and I both know, Hal Lindsay had written The Late Great Planet Earth. And as I studied that, it just clicked with me. I already was a Christian. I had already come to know the Lord. Uh, I was in the growing stage and um, probably a baby at that time. But when I read that book, it uh, catapulted me uh, in my interest, forward leaps and bounds. And I began to go in, of course, and uh, pull out my Bible and check all things that he had written. And at that stage, and it still does, uh, it was a very good uh, Bible book that started so many people on the same journey that I've been on. So I became very interested. And then I began to teach Sunday school class at my home church. And I put an emphasis on Bible prophecy, but early on, I uh, God led me to that particular verse you're, you quoted before, Matthew 4, 4, and that uh, if I want to really know anything above my head, that's where we need to go, especially these days, is above our heads. I want to know what God has to say about the events of the day, about my life personally, about the life of any Christian so that I can witness effectively to his name, but also um, point to the many, many signs that we're seeing fulfilled as we speak here in Bible prophecy. And it is amazing how these, uh, this information will move people and unbelievers to take another look at Jesus Christ. Absolutely. And, you know, um, I
0: love the the, uh, the name of your ministry, Prophecy As It Is Written, because we all know there are so many prophecy-themed ministries out there that seem to start with the headlines, start with the newspaper, and then try to fit their views into the Scripture. But we believe it's the other way around. You've got to start with the Scripture. It's the only standard for our beliefs, attitudes, and practices. Um, but we absolutely are seeing... Uh, signs and stayed, the stage being set like never before. It's its fascinating to me that you've been doing this for 25 years in a formal sense of coordinating and directing and speaking at these uh, conferences. Uh, what Do you really feel like things are coming together more
1: in recent years than you've seen in a long time? I absolutely do. Now, I know um, I've been teaching Bible prophecy particularly since the late 1980s. And even at that time, uh, we saw many signs, but what we were seeing at that time and for the next uh, 20 years maybe, is uh, trend lines, I call them, trend lines. There, there were trends of signs. Now we're beginning to see more and more uh, what um, I would call episodic events, explosive episodic events. And um, the trigger, the time clock for all of this was when Israel was returned to the land in 1948, and all of the events that have followed have confirmed that return as the great centerpiece sign that the coming of the Lord is is getting very near. And when we say that, we're also we're also stating that the rapture of his, believers his church is very very near it comes with no signs but we're seeing all of these signs uh, showing his second coming to the earth and so how much closer is the rapture that's been uh, taught and uh, preached for a number of years now but now it is uh, more relevant than ever Yeah, you and
0: I both know uh, the late John Walbert. I sat under his teaching 30 years ago at Dallas Seminary and have uh, had the privilege of listening to him speak at a number of conferences before he went to be with the Lord. But yeah, he really influenced my thinking on this whole issue of, you know, we we can't predict when the rapture is going to happen, but we certainly can heed the warnings of Christ to look at the signs of the times, as he told the Pharisees in Matthew 16, uh, so that we don't make the same mistake the first century Jewish generation did in re- relation to Christ's first coming. And so as we do that, as we look at the signs of the times, as you just said, we see the stage being set for uh, events in prophecy such as the rise of the Antichrist, which I've written a lot about, the tribulation period, the rebuilding of the temple—you uh, know—all of those types of things. The biggest among them, of course, the uh, reconstitution of Israel in the land in 1948. And the reason that's significant is because so much of Bible prophecy, all of it, really centers on Israel. It's the completion of the 70th week of Daniel; those promises to Israel. Christ is going to reign from the uh, the millennial mm-hmm. temple as He's describes the Antichrist will desecrate uh, the tribulation temple. So Israel is center stage. And so when Israel became a nation again, it definitely was, as you said, the consummate sign. but, but getting back to Walbert, Walward was always quick to point out, if we see the stage being set for these other events related to Christ's uh, triumphant return, then obviously the rapture must be closer because the rapture is the next event on God's prophetic calendar. And although we don't know when, uh, we know the stage is being set. So uh, the theme of the conference this year is all things written about me must be fulfilled. So we're talking with Philip Goodman. We're talking about the uh, Mid-America Prophecy Conference. It's in Tulsa, Oklahoma, uh, on May 24th and 25th. And uh, that's a Friday, Saturday. And... uh, let me just give a quick rundown on some of the the speakers. It's at, by the way, it's at the Marriott Tulsa Southern Hills, a great hotel. May twenty fourth and twenty fifth. Uh, and the speakers this year include Dr. Andy Woods, Dr. Wayne Dartez. We've got Job Martin, myself, and uh, Phillips also going to be speaking. And I tell you what, it is one of my favorite conferences. All year long, uh, and it's growing. I know since I've started coming, we've seen with everything that happened in 2020 uh, a resurgence of interest. It seems like there's a an excitement in the air, and the crowds are are getting larger. But uh, you know, we're, we're going to see some great uh, messages. There's great musical uh, guests, uh, great accommodations. Uh, let me just mention some of the titles that uh, we're going to be uh, talking about here. Philip's going to kick it off with what Jesus said about the land promised to Israel. Oh boy, Uh, talk to us about that for a second, because that's a big deal right now with all
1: of the tensions over there. Whose land is it after all? Well, it it is a big deal, and we know whose land it is. It's very clearly stated multiple times in the Bible, particularly the Old Testament. Um, It is the land of Israel. It is the land that the Jews, the the children of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, would return to in the last days. They would; It would be a worldwide return uh, coming in two stages. One of them, the first stage uh, in unbelief, but it's worldwide. And the second stage when Jesus returns, also worldwide, but this time in belief. And so we know that the second stage through the prophecies, Isaiah eleven, eleven, and others state specifically that Jesus will be coming back, returning to the earth. This is after the rapture. And that is referred to in scripture specifically as the second return of the Jews. Well, that leaves the question out there. When is the first return? That one is not difficult to answer. We've already seen it. It was 1948. That was the only other worldwide return. So... We're in the window of time between those two returns. Yeah. And Jesus, uh, 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 J.B., if I may, I want to read a scripture here. Is that all right? Absolutely. Uh, okay, <laughs> J.B., uh, JB, I'm going to read Luke 24, 44, just part of it. Jesus says in there to his apostles, this is very significant because it's just before he ascends up to his holy throne in heaven. It's one of the last things he says before he ascends to heaven. He says all things, not part of them, all things which are written about who? Me, Jesus. In the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms, that's the Old Testament. That's how Jesus references the Old Testament. What? Must be fulfilled. All things about Jesus written in the prophets must be fulfilled so I'm going to look at what's going on this is going to be the introduction to the conference uh, on that theme At all the signs and all of the multitudes that are marching all across the world right now we know in the Bible where it talks about all nations will be gathered against Jerusalem well we're, we're beginning to see the foreshadows of that at least Uh, You know, genocide. Israel is uh, uh, being accused of genocide. Israel is being accused of this, that, and the other. Settling the land, apartheid, all kinds of accusations by people who don't know anything above their heads. And they need to be taught and, and first of all, brought to Jesus in belief. Unless you're brought to Jesus in belief, you're not going to understand anything anyway. (laughs) but we need to reach out and continue to do that and bring people to Jesus, have a heart change. And that makes a brain change. And then people begin to look above their heads at what God says. And Jesus says that all things about me written in the prophets must be fulfilled. So that means he is chasing us back to the prophets or redirecting us back to the prophets in the old Testament. So in a nutshell, Uh, The introduction is going to show how Jesus, in directing us back to the prophets, gets his word in directly about who the land belongs to and what we should expect uh, regarding that land possession and how that uh, frames the prophecy of the end days,
0: Mm.
1: of the last days. And it certainly does in many ways. And Jesus, uh, li- many people don't believe that they they teach that nothing, there's nothing stated in the New Testament about Israel any more than, uh, you know, Paul is heavy on that uh, in, in Romans 9 through 11. He talks about Israel, <laughs> but uh, they, they uh, redirect that to the church. Uh, it's not uh, really good exegesis, as you would call it at all. Uh, It is in error, and Jesus, he points us back to the Old Testament prophets in that passage right there, and he says, go visit them. So we're going to visit Zechariah and Joel in that introductory statement, and it ends up that Jesus, in fact, makes a very, very direct statement or statements, I should say, about who possesses the land of Israel, the, the ancient gift of the land of Israel to Abraham by God all the way back in Genesis a number of times, it's 4,000 years old and it still stands. There's nothing detracted from it and Jesus confirms that very directly. So if it, uh, for uh, many pastors out there teaching that there's nothing in the Bible about Israel possessing the land and so forth, they need to take that to Jesus. Yeah. to his feet, read this passage, chase it around through the prophets, and they'll come back with a different idea if they really believe the Bible.
0: Amen to that. Yeah, I mean, it's really fascinating. A lot of younger people, uh, you know, 20s, 30s, uh, are kind of jumping on board the propaganda bandwagon. And I'm getting a lot of emails from folks, uh, which which I love. I really enjoy interacting with people who are asking questions about Israel. And uh, I've had some opportunity to be on some guests uh, from uh, of some radio shows and podcasts that are like-minded in a lot of areas, but maybe have never really thought about uh, God's prophetic plan for Israel. And so I got an email here recently from someone, super nice guy, really love him, and, and we've had some good dialogues, and I had the chance to be on, on the show with him. But he goes... Um, he goes, help me understand something, Dr. Hickson. Isn't Israel just a religion? Why, why are people talking about the land of Israel? You know, And I was able to go back, just like you say, and show him again and again in Scripture how the land is very clearly spelled out with geographic boundaries, Genesis 15, 18 to 20. God promised Abraham unconditionally the land in Genesis 12. And uh, it is a geographic nation. It's It's also a people of God, and it's also a uh, an ethnicity, but it is a land as well, and it's their land, and it's been their land, as you said, for 4,000 years. So, um, you know, it, it it people do need to get back to the Scriptures and look at Bible prophecy as it is written, and I love how you pointed out that Jesus instructs us to do that, and this isn't, you know, like, Early on in his Galilean ministry, or during his you know earthly time when he was primarily dealing with Israel, I mean this is post-resurrection, uh, in preparation for you know the, the 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 church age, which happened you know ten days later after the ascension, and he's saying, hey look folks, go back and look at the law, the prophets, and psalms, and if you do, you will see, again and again, God talks about my land, my land, my land, my land. There's a reason it's called Uh, the Holy Land. So what a great way to kick it off. Um, And then I'll be speaking next on that Friday, talking about false gospels and the Christian industrial complex in the last days. You know, one of the signs of the times is a, a falling away of the church, a departure from the faith. And I'm going to be talking about how in mainstream evangelicalism today, a lot of it has been hijacked and taken over by uh, the Luciferian elite, uh, some of it wittingly and directly. Often it's unwitting. People are just pawns in the game and don't know it. But we need to be aware of all the false gospels uh, as we look forward to the ultimate uh, gospel being preached, uh, you know, in its culmination there in the tribulation when at the 11th hour, uh, God sends an angel to, to to finally proclaim the gospel to everyone on earth, just prior to Christ's return, no one will, 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 will not have heard the gospel. Jesus promised this, by the way, in the Olivet Discourse. He says, This gospel of the kingdom will be preached to the uttermost parts of the world, and then the end will come. Uh, we got Wayne D'Artez. I was just with Wayne uh, at Victory Baptist la- a couple weekends ago. Uh, great guy. It was my second opportunity over the years to be at their church, and super, super guy. And he's going to be speaking on, and I talked to him a little bit about this when I was there, uh, the saints must fulfill these prophecies and the Savior must fulfill these prophecies. So what is our role as we see the end times approaching? And of course, what is the Savior's role? Uh, my good friend, Job Martin, who I've had at my churches, one of the best creation scientists in the business, super guy. He's going to be talking about uh, biblical healing for families divided by today's prophetic events. Boy, that's a very relevant topic, um, so many things are divisive today uh, and kind of tearing people apart, uh, which is by design. They want to foment unrest. Uh, So can't wait to hear Job speak. Andy Woods, Dr. Andy Woods will be speaking on the Middle East Meltdown. That's the title of his book, and it's all about the Gog-Magog war, and uh, he's got a really interesting view uh, on Gog-Magog. Philip, uh, are you familiar with his view?
1: Uh, I am. I've uh, read his book, and um, I have a great respect for him as you do too he is a great bible teacher a scholar uh, just like you are JP.
0: <laughs> well I don't know about that I look up to Andy but that's only because he's about six seven
1: <laughs> no I look up to him because he's a very hard guy. to look down at him
0: yeah um, yeah you know uh, that's one of the things I love about these conferences and our show is we get to have people on that have that have slightly different views and we encourage people to study the word and come to their own conclusion um, uh, I've been fascinated by his view on the Battle of Gog and Magog uh, you know for years uh, we've talked talked about it before. Uh, it'll be great for your listeners to, to hear that, uh, your conference attendees to hear that. But, you know, people disagree on a lot of things. Like, for example, you mentioned Isaiah eleven eleven. 11. Um, not, not all scholars say that the first return was 1948, but it doesn't really matter, even if they disagree, because one area that we all agree on is what. however you describe 1948, it is prophetically significant. It is the number one sign, as you said, you know, and even though some scholars might say, well, that's not necessarily the direct fulfillment of what, uh, Isaiah was referring to there. Uh, you know, and there's a good case to be made that it is obviously, uh, but we don't have to agree on every jot and tittle, but we, we can gather around the table, open our Bibles and just, you know, let the, you know, let iron sharpen iron. Um, Andy's also going to be talking about the days of Lot uh, from Jesus Olivet Discourse, it looks like from Luke's account. Uh, and, uh, and so we've just got—my second message, by the way, is going to be the New World Order timetable on Saturday morning, uh, 2025, and the blueprint for global tyranny. Uh, I'm also speaking on that topic in Orlando uh, this weekend where when this is airing. Uh, And it's a chapter from my book, Spirit of the Antichrist, Volume 2, and it really looks at a lot of the data that seems to all coalesce around this decade from the enemy's perspective. Uh, Notice I say the New World Order timetable. God is the ultimate arbiter of the timetable, and He's the one that decides when we're ready to move into the end times phase. But it's certainly helpful, and I think uh, important, for us to understand the enemy's timetable. And they've been telegraphing this particular decade in a variety of ways. So, we're going to look at that and see how, indeed, the stage is being set uh, with the—especially centered around the year 2025. So, so much at the conference. So, again, we're talking with Philip Goodman. He's uh, BibleProphecyAsWritten.com is the website, and that's where you can go to sign up for the Mid-America Prophecy Conference. This is the 15th year of the conference under that name 25th year of the conference uh, continually running there in Tulsa it's held at the Marriott Southern Hills in Tulsa May 24th and 25th 2024 that's a Saturday Sunday lots of great uh, speakers and I hope you can uh, can join us there Um, you know how
1: are you expecting a pretty good crowd this year I'm sure you are uh, we certainly hope so. As, um, all of the pundits on the television news programs say, when they answer these kinds of questions, <laughs> we certainly hope so. Yeah, exactly. And we do. <laughs> and, uh, every year we've had a good crowd. Um, one thing about this conference, JB, that I wanted to mention is that, uh, for all of your listeners, we would, we hope you will be able to come you who are listening, um, because, um, Probably the greatest endorsement of this conference are uh, are the speakers that we've had in the past. We've had Tim LaHaye here, Ed Heinzen, John Walvoord, who's been mentioned uh, by Dr. H- Hickson several times. We've had Dave Hunt, we've uh, Chuck Messler. We've had some of the greatest speakers in prophecy. But the endorsement comes from the fact that they're all repeaters some of them, multiple repeaters. For instance, David Reagan has spoken at this con- conference 18 times, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> you don't get that kind of repeat if it's not a really valid scriptural, biblical, Bible conference. No. So we, we, if you want to hear what the Bible says about today, We invite you to come. The conference has a reputation for non-speculative Bible-first teaching. And, uh, of course, um, uh, Dr. Hickson, you've been here yourself um, five, six, seven times. I don't remember the exact number, but a number of times. And that in itself is an an endorsement to all of your uh, hearers. Yeah, we have uh, had the privilege.
0: I think I think this is either I think this might be 7 but 1 year. I don't I don't remember if that was last year. I don't think it was last year, but the year before remember I had to cancel at the last minute because I had an emergency appendectomy. Uh, but you
1: still showed up.
0: But you still graciously allowed me to pipe in by video, which I was so thankful for because I'd worked so hard on those messages and I really wanted people to, to hear what I had to say. But, man, that was a rough week. I, I wanted so bad to to come and I got I got released from the hospital and then readmitted with an infection. And I called you from my hospital room. And Wendy made me call you, by the way. I was saying, no, no, I can go. I can go. I can can drive i'll just lean my chair back and i i can go and she was she was she gave me one of those looks that i've learned after 35 years means uh you better rethink this buddy and... i
1: remember it well but it wasn't it wasn't a decision on our part a hard one at all it was instantaneous yeah we want to get you up there any way we can and we did full screen twice yeah and it was a beautiful conference because of that yeah.
0: It always is, and so yeah, looking forward to it again uh, this year. And you know, one of the things that also impresses me, because you know, my heart, uh, you know, it, my, our passion is the clarity, accuracy, and urgency of the gospel. So as the Lord opens doors, and I find myself in a, in a variety of uh, networks and venues and places uh, on podcast. I always try to give the gospel. In fact, on the rare occasion when the the podcast ends and it occurs to me, oh, I, I didn't get to share the gospel, I always just feel a real great sense of regret. So I, we just make it a commitment, and I, everywhere I speak at conferences, I share the gospel. And at Mid-America, it's easy, because that's your passion, too, and all yes. many of the speakers, if not all of them, frequently will take a moment to just share the good news. And so I want to do that now because, uh, you know, uh, who knows where this uh, podcast is going to go and who might come upon it. But if you're not uh, saved, You need to know the Lord Jesus. He died and rose again for your sins. He's the only hope in this sin-stricken world. Uh, things are definitely coming apart at the seams, which is uh, not a surprise, and it should certainly not scare us. We're never to be scared, only prepared. Proverbs 22.3 tells us the wise person sees trouble coming and prepares for it. But if you're a little unsettled by all that's going on, maybe that's the Holy Spirit uh, calling you uh, to, to come to the Lord if you have not already. It's a simple matter of faith. You trust in Jesus Christ and Him alone as the only one who can save you. And if you'd like more information about the gospel, you can certainly reach out to us at notbyworks.org or one 800 895 18 5-1. So, uh, Philip, uh, you've been such a blessing uh, to so many people. You know, you mentioned all the speakers through the years. One of the neat things I love about the conference is you have a big table set up, and it it has laid out on the table all of the conference brochures, um, I think going all the way back. Yes, and, it does. And when I look at those and I see the names like many of the ones you've mentioned, I'm thinking, wow, just think about the profound impact that that conference there emanating from Tulsa has had in building up the faith, promoting the soon coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And it's an honor to be even a part of
1: of that group. So, uh, J.B., may I say one thing here? You, you mentioned uh, Dr. Walvoord several times and uh, the the name tag of our the theme of our uh, ministry is Bible prophecy as written. One thing that really, in, uh, really moved me forward on that a long ways, Dr. Walvord uh, spoke at this conference back in the 1990s several times. And I remember going up to him personally. I was fascinated. I'd read all his books and I went up to him and I asked him about a particular uh, prophetic uh, message in the Bible. And uh, if, this, if I had the interpretation right and all that, and he looked at me, he was very kind, looked at me with his eyes and said just straightforward, very clearly, the Bible doesn't say. <laughs> Left it at that, and I, I was, I've been fascinated by that ever since. He, it was easy for him, if the Bible didn't say, don't say it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, that was one thing. That was an endorsement of the theme that we had of Bible prophecy as written. It just reinforced me in that direction. So when you were talking about him, I know you said under his teaching, and mm-hmm. I remember him more than anything else by that statement.
0: Oh, absolutely, man! What a what a great man of God! And that's a cautionary tale for all of us to always try to be careful to to speculate and where it's we're speculation, but to be firm where it's firm. And sometimes, you know, we we sort of come up with our pet issues and we make them dogmatic, and we have to be intellectually honest enough to say, you know what, it's not 100% clear. For example, the timing of the Battle of Gog and Magog. In my eschatology textbook I wrote after I've was in academics for 12 years, and uh, when I left academics to start Not By Works, we put all of my eschatology notes into a book. It's called What Lies Ahead, A Biblical Overview of the End Times. And I think the chapter on Gog and Magog might have like eight views among dispensationalists from that view. Uh, now, I think we can make an argument for two or three that are pretty strong, uh, but we don't ever want to be dogmatic and say, thus saith the Lord, unless the Lord says, thus saith the Lord, as, as Walbert said. I- exactly.
1: One of my favorite
0: Hubbard yeah. stories is, uh, you know, I had him for Doctrine of the Rapture. And then I, even after I was in seminary, because uh, I graduated in 93 for f- the first time, I went to conferences where he spoke and, and you know, interacted with him a little bit. But when I was just a young, starry-eyed student, because um, I went straight to Dallas from college. So I started Dallas Seminary at age 22. Uh, and I knew next to nothing. And by the time I got out, I realized I knew even less, you know. <laughs> which is a sign of sign of maturity. But, um, we took this class, me and a couple of my buddies and, um, and we decided, you know, we were at IHOP one night studying for a test and we decided, uh, why don't we see if Dr. Walvard will go to lunch with us sometime. And we just thought the notion of that was so far fetched, you know, that it would never happen. A man of his esteem, and he probably gets hundreds of requests. And so we talked about it. And finally, uh, Uh, that we drew straws and I drew the short straws. So I was the one that had to go up to Dr. Walbert, our classmates and I would love if you'd go to dinner with us sometime. And I was so nervous, but don't you know, he immediately said, I would love to. And so three of us and Dr. Walbert went to uh, lunch one day at a restaurant there in Dallas. I don't even remember what it was, but he was so gracious, listened to our questions. And uh, I remember in class, one of his Frequent refrains because he was old by the time you know he was already probably in his seventies by the time I had him, mm-hmm. um, and he used to talk about all of the uh, people that disagreed with him through the years, the Amillennialists and Covenant theologians and people like Robert Gundry and and he but they had all passed away and so as he was be, be talking about their view and critiquing it from Scripture, often he would pause in the middle of it and he'd kind of look at the class and he'd go. Of course, he agrees with me now, you know, because, of course, he's in heaven. You know? So uh, anyway, uh, any. Well, on that uh,
1: on the remark I made earlier about him uh, simply saying to me, the Bible doesn't say. From that point on, I use the term, you know, we do look at and we say, does this mean this? Uh, do the events of today stack up to the Bible? I always, I always prelude it with sanctified speculation. Yeah. <laughs> this is sanctified speculation. Yeah, In other go. words, we've searched the Bible and that's the best we can come up with it at that point. But no. uh, J.B., as you know, and as the book that you mentioned, your prophetic book is excellent. Um, the Bible is clear on so much, very clear on so much that uh, that's why Jesus directs it back to the passage that you mentioned earlier, Matthew 16. He directs us back to it and says that we should know these signs when they appear. Yeah. Doesn't he? Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, the, the first century unbelieving Jewish leaders, uh, they ignored it. Uh, they had plenty of signs from the prophets, uh, just like Jesus points us back to the prophets. They knew about the Isaiah seven fourteen uh, prophecy and the Micah 5, 2 prophecy and the Zechariah's mm-hmm. prophecies. They knew all about them, but they missed it. And uh, and they of course we all know this was part of God's prophetic plan. They stumbled at the at the stumbling stone there, but uh, they crucified him. And Jesus, uh, humanly speaking, here says, "Look, we don't want you to make the same mistake." So you know there's going to be a lot of people that are caught asleep. First Thessalonians five six tells us not to be asleep, but to be awake, watching and waiting. And so this conference will help uh, will help folks do that. So again, it's May twenty fourth and twenty fifth. 2024 in Tulsa Oklahoma uh, at the Tulsa Marriott South uh, you can learn more at bible prophecy Bible prophecy as Written. Dot com. Our guest today has been Philip Goodman, uh, who's the director and founder of that conference. Uh, this is the 15th annual year of the conference or, or occasion of the conference under that name, but it's been going strong for 25 years. And uh, as I mentioned, uh, Philip Goodman will be there, myself, Andy Woods, Joe Martin, uh, Dwayne D'Artez, uh, just going to be a wonderful uh, two days together. And I hope folks will make it. Now, it's not being live streamed. Am I right about that? It's not what
1: being live streamed. Uh, you're right about that. It's not okay. Uh, but we do video it. Okay. So, and, folks, uh, if anybody get... wants to view the videos, just let us know.
0: Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So after the conference, if you're not able to make it, and there's nothing like being there in person. I mean, to interact with these speakers, and you have a lot of other, uh, or do you? I think yeah, you have a lot of other exhibitors that come. And, we do. Uh, so yes. you get to rub shoulders. Rub shoulders with. Kind of a who's who of Bible prophecy, and everybody's so approachable. It's a comfortable setting. Uh, but if you're not able to make it, and I hope you will, uh, then you can reach out to prophecy, uh, uh, after the fact and uh, see about getting the videos of it. So, uh, we'll fill up. Any closing thoughts before we wrap up?
1: Uh, no, except be careful between now and the conference so that you will show up in one piece. You've got a lot of traveling. It sounds like on your schedule. Amen. Yes, we
0: do. And, uh, we will
1: be praying for you.
0: Please do. It's, it's great. It's what we do. It's what we've been doing for many, many years. And, uh, you know, just thankful to have Wendy along, and she just is such a, she's really a key part of this ministry, and God really did a wonderful thing when He gave me, uh, gave me Wendy, and so, uh, but my daughter Brooke works for the ministry. She'll be with us um, uh, on this trip, and um, usually comes to Mid-America as well, and then some of my other kids who don't work uh, full-time for our ministry, but when we have larger events, they come along, so they're going to be with us uh, this weekend here in Orlando. So again, if you're in Orlando, uh, come by and see us at the Prophecy Summit at the uh, Florida Hotel. Uh, there you'll see it. You can find out details on our website at notbyworks.org. While you're on our website, uh, be sure and sign up for our newsletter and also check out the free section of our online store. We've got lots of great uh, resources and materials there uh, that you can download for free. No credit card needed. We just make them available to you. So uh, thanks again, Philip. It's always a
1: pleasure to talk with you. And one final word for your hearers. Jesus is front and center on the conference stage. You will experience that when you come. So we want to see you. Thank you so much, JB.
0: Hey, you bet. Yeah, one of my teachers at Dallas years ago used to say, uh, and I think he's written this in his books, uh, Jesus is the hero of all Bible prophecy. Let's never forget that, you know. So, uh, well, thanks so much, Philip. Thank you, everyone. God bless you. Have a great week, and we will see you again tomorrow.